Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Those are things you should do. Right, let's just get straight into it then. Because you you came for the international rugby, you're staying for the domestic stuff because you know it's what we love. Exactly right. Let's have a domestic. Yeah. Um, come on then, JB. Tell you teased in the international podcast that you saw the best team a- amateur, amateur, team. amateur team ever. Not ever. But Not I saw. The- I would say what I would consider the best amateur rugby club. Certainly at level seven. That I have seen for about five years. And this... <laughs> Suddenly the caveats yeah. are coming in. The best team at level seven ever? No, in, well, in the last five okay, years. Are you excluding <laughs> Tokich in your assessment? No. They, they count. Not actually. So, in terms of amateur, I mean, teams that are just simply not paid. And also, I've got to see them. So, I believe that there are other teams out there who have not been paid who are better. But I've not seen a better one than this. And it is the boys from Deepest Darkest Lancashire. Tarleton mm. Have you ever been to, been to Tarleton to play rugby? I don't, I don't even know I, where Tarleton is No, near, I didn't know they had a rugby club until near about Preston, isn't it? Three years ago Yes, it is near Preston Which I think is key to their success, actually mm. They get the casts off from uh... Uh, Yeah, so the story behind Tarleton is You go there and it's a club in the middle of fields Like fields and fields and fields and fields So I took my okay. talk Yeah, but, so oh. it's halfway between Preston and Southport Yeah Okay, yeah. it's nice. And f- it's very flat round there. It's incredibly flat. It's like playing in like Kansas or somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so I took my dog for a quick walk after the game, and we just set up, set off across some fields, and you just keep walking and fields for the, until until the horizon. So yeah, yeah. It's very very flat. Yeah. So that's where the club is. Now it's funny you mentioned Preston because they've got two coaches, both relatively young. One from Blackburn, one from one from Preston. Yeah, so you can ne- see. Yeah, neither a million miles from that. Neck no, of but you can see from their success, sort of just starting to trickle down into Tarleton. I wonder if I said that right. Is it Tarleton or is it Tarleton? I would I would say Tarleton. Tarleton. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the team that they've got, uh, I have seldom seen a bunch of blokes that look more like a rugby team. Mm. Like one to fifteen, they look like they all play rugby and they all have a rugby gym. Program, it's about five lads in there who can really carry a ball. Their eight can bloody carry. Their tight head can really carry. Their six is a great carrier. Uh, their twelve can get over the game line. Like just across the board, they've got absolute quality, and they play really, really nice aggressive rugby. So we were looking at the table before we played. We were second. They were fourth, I think. Mm. But we had one game ahead of them. Somehow they managed to lose two games, which is unbelievable, really. 
but yeah, it was uh, the whole the whole thing was it was the tightest game that we've had in a long time. We prevailed by two points. Ooh. But I, I did like that. that uh, a message from JB in a, in a WhatsApp group we're all in said, everybody's stacked, ball carries everywhere, good in the skill positions, blah, 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 blah. Lastly, well coached. Um, the best amateur team I've seen in five years. We beat them by two points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. It's kind of, uh, that's, that's what it was about. It was uh, just, they're, they're amazing. We're a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, when you watch this game, if, when you rewatch it later on, Tim. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you get the VHS. Uh, I've, I've, got, I've got the recording. I've seen the highlights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, you, when, you, when you watch it in real detail, uh, I'm trying to think of a game which is equivalent, but it'd be like Fiji playing Wales and Fiji going ahead and then you're just waiting for the superior Welsh players to break the line and score and you're waiting for that moment of magic or a moment, moment of genius and it never came. Mm. So they were breaking our line and we were scrambled defending and then you know they give away a penalty or knock on knock, knock it on but they scored two tries both from our mistakes like semi mistakes but then they had to play a lot of rugby to score the points subsequent to that mistake so every point they scored they earned but it just wasn't it just wasn't enough and they scored their last try as the whistle went basically last play of the game underneath the sticks goal kicker step, steps up, steps up to kick it under the sticks pretty much under the sticks oh no right. our flag sorry their flag goes up our flag stays down what and the referee is like okay what do I do now so he's seen the kick go over if he awards these points to the home team it's a draw and everyone goes home what hold on, hold like, on. like kissing your sister I, I thought you just said he sees the kick go over as in he saw it as the kick going no, over. No, no, sorry. He's seen the kick go. As in, he's yeah. seen the... Yeah, yeah, yeah not yeah. go over the right. Yeah. He's seen the kick, but he hesitates. So as soon as he hesitates, we're like, well, we've won. And they're like, well, we think it's a draw. The referee's not made a decision. And oh, God. To make his decision, right, the easiest thing in the world would be say, yeah, it's a draw. And now the touch judges are talking to each other. And one is going, well, uh, you know, it went over there. Our coach is now sort of oh, no. drifted over. The referee's still not made a decision. He's going over. He talks to the touch judge and goes, I think it went over. So we're like, okay, we think that, that, that we've got this. The crowd at Tarleton are going wild, as wild as a level seven crowd can, can go. <laughs> um, and then eventually he goes, I think it went over. Game Didsbury, and I what a he said, call. he said he thinks it missed. No, no, he thought it went over. Who the referee? Did. The referee thinks it went over. So, because so how won, did he not give the call? Because he hesitated, and as soon as he hesitated to talk to the touch judge to find out what he thought, he left himself in this massive hole. So now he's got to make the decision. Oh yeah, you see what I mean? Yeah, he's got to make that decision. Though. That's really tough. Situations like that are really tough for referees, and I've, yeah, um, because. In, in retrospect, that that guy will, will think I shouldn't have asked the question of the touch judge, who is just shouldn't someone from one of the clubs. They're not an official. I shouldn't have asked the question, and he'll know next time not to do that. I remember, yeah. one, I remember one situation um, when I used to be a teacher and I was refing a school game, and uh, and the the opposition had no sh- numbers on their backs, oh. and, and from the kickoff one of their players just absolutely wiped out the opponent, my team, but it's irrelevant whose team it was, but wiped out someone's legs and he did a proper somersault landing on his head. It was like, the, it was just ridiculous. And I I didn't know who had done it. And so I, I just said, 
I looked around, thought, what, what do I do here? And the decision I made was, I just went, I'm really sorry. I couldn't see who that was, so I can't send anyone off. Penalty. Um, and what I should have done was just get... And, and it's afterwards I went, oh, what are you doing? I should have gone to the captain and said, I'm not sure who it was, so captain, bring me whoever that was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, good, good. And... and uh, and then it, but, uh, he brings you the dweeby kid, the poindexter. If he says, oh, this we, guy. We, we don't know who it is, I'll say, well, y- you can go off then, sunshine. But, uh, um, yeah, I but, like but, it. Uh, but anyway, but you only, what, my point being is you only think about this stuff afterwards, and that, yeah, ref, yeah. that ref will be kicking himself because he'll know that he's. Well, he, I mean, he that, made the right was, decision, so ultimately he'll well, be fine. Right decision it. for you. No, it was the right decision. All right, well, I stood underneath the post, and I'm like, that's not going over. Were you the one with the flag? No, I wasn't. <laughs> it was that concussion boy who was deeply concussed at the time. Um, but you would have accepted it if the ref had gone, yeah. I saw it as over, I'm giving it. Yeah, I would have accepted it. Because, yeah. you know, it's a hard job. And he's a good ref. That's the other thing. Like, he'd, he'd ref the game perfectly throughout. Uh, I would love to know what Tolson think, think, of his re- think of his refing. But certainly from my point of view, I thought he was brilliant. Uh, well, some, s- someone who was brilliant at... Um, and I'm just looking at his fantasy rugby draft points. Ben Earl, 49.7 points. Oh, my God. One try, one assist, 128 metres gain, four clean breaks, nine defenders beaten, three turnovers won. Yeah, oh, my God. phenomenal. That, I mean, that is, that is ridiculous numbers. It is. Um, before we move on, do you just want to talk quickly about your boys, Marlow? How did, how did my boys, Marlow, get on? Not well. They, mm. they lost, mate. They lost against Chinna 3. Uh, oh yeah! Tributes south and north. Uh, they will not. They will not be dancing on the streets of Marlow tonight. Let's, but, let's put it that way. But get this: uh, Rafi Quirk's Broughton Park under 15s Yes, went yes. to Yorkshire. What? Yes, deepest darkest Yorkshire. Old Rishworthians. A ve- oh wow! A very good team. Yeah, is George Ford playing? Uh, yeah, that's his old club, isn't it? It Near is Halifax. Um, very good club, and we lost to them last season. Uh, this Broughton Park bunch of lads won three nil. Wow, oh, a classic, absolute uh, classic. But the boys were delighted with that. Amazing. Yeah, it was uh, without without our fly half as well. He was out injured, so well that's probably why you only got three. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So, so I wasn't able to watch, but weirdly, I was, I was nervously getting uh, WhatsApp updates on games. That's that's right about my life, right? I'm the thing I get most nervous about. A WhatsApp updates on under fifteen. I'm unbearable games. when it brought uh, when Talk H are playing, and I've got my phone on me, but I'm not there. Unbearable. In fact, mm. when we went to Malaga, I had to leave my phone in the, in the room. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just glued <laughs> to it. Like, he okay. really did leave his phone in the room. Yeah. And then we got back into the room later. Like, yes, get in. Good morning. Get me the Patron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, do you remember drinking Patron in the hotel? I do. <laughs> JB, so we went, we went out, out having a few beers on the Friday and uh, we, we, during the day we come back to the hotel to get a shower and change and I was like stepping out of the shower and Jamie's banging on my door, open the door, and he's got a bottle of Patron in his hand. Happens, doesn't it? So, Jamie, wh- why have you, where on earth have you got half a bottle of Patron? Like, have you drank, <laughs> have you drank half a bottle of Patron <laughs> between bringing that up here? So, I know he's on the, on the, uh, on the steps. I took the steps down. I was two floors, t- steps up. I was two floors above him. And someone had cleaned out another room. <laughs> Like one of the one room of the service. one of the room service had cleaned out another what? room, and they just left half a bottle of Patron on the yeah. stairs. It's amazing what you could find. Wow! So 
instead of uh, boozing in the bars in Malaga, we were drinking Patron out of plastic cups in our hotel. Yeah, really living the life. Yes. Talking to Broughton Park. You see, see their score, score this weekend? Uh, Will Kane emailed us, contact Chasers at gmail.com. Oh, love love the pod, blah, blah, blah. Especially the nausey Northwest level 6 7 chat. Rafi Quirks, Broughton Park, took a beating on the Isle of Man, but I imagine more than made up for it last night. Like the yeah, boys play. Not good. They're awesome. Last year. It was no, no, no. No, no. We're not, we're, we're not spending any more time in level seven. <laughs> we've, we've spent plenty of time. Say, we can go back there. Yeah, yeah, just, but we need I, to talk I'll, about I'll, some rugby. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. Last year, level five was the place where bad teams resided and they just couldn't get out of that league fast enough. This year, it is level six. Wilmslow, Broughton Park, uh, Douglas, w- w- Winnington Park. There might be the uh, Vale of Loon. Old Winnians. Old, no, Old Winnings are top of the table. Old oh, Winnings okay. are doing just fine. Bowden are doing just fine. West Park, St. Helens? West Park are in our league. Mm. You know, half the league, level six, great. Bottom half, dross. They cannot leave that league fast enough. And Broughton Park, I think, probably lead that race. They have won two games. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> They've won two no, games. We can go back there. Too much detail. To the two worst ben teams Earl. in the league. Ben Earl. Let's can, talk about Ben Earl. Can Ben Earl... He's he looks like a kind of uh, at club level. I, I is the big caveat, and he has had a chance at international level, but he's better than he was when he last put on an England jersey, and he looks yeah. immense. He's the best player on, he might on be any the, field. He might be the best player in the league at the moment. Yeah, yeah. If, if you had to pick season. a player of the year so far, Ben Hill's it. But it's, yeah, just it's all hard well to think, game, of, isn't it? It's not just. I mean, the steals are great. We all. Love yeah, the yeah. Elliot Daly would be another contender. Yeah, Daly's having a great season. Not as complete uh, as Earl, though. Not as, no. Ollie Lawrence is having a good season since he's come to Bath. He looks fantastic. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to argue against Ben Earl. It's angles, the breaks, the feet. You know. The pace and open space. I mean, he's just got so much to his the game. Hits. Now. Yeah, he's doing the he's doing the like nasty stuff. Yeah, and the, yeah. Oh yeah, he's just exp- he's all fast twitch. The so explosive. His celebrations are annoying. I'll give him that. <laughs> and the double thumbs up. It's just so petty. I really, I really yeah, show like it to me. I haven't noticed this. What? It's just that. It's literally just. I'm just oh, is that, is two that, thumbs up. Just two thumbs up. Like just. Oh, it's it's a thing. Like like. Yeah, Owen like, Farrell does the just jack. Or, yeah, it's, it, just, it just looks like a thing. goon. He looks. It's like just what he goon. does. Is it? Yeah. It, he's not. It's not a charity thing. No, 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 no. Oh, it might be a charity thing. I, I don't know. Um, goon benevolent fund or something. <laughs> but um, he, he just stands there, and usually it's to detriment of like one of the opposition. But you know, to to be in a situation where he gets to mark like that so frequently is quite impressive. Now I didn't see this game. Was South Africa getting uh, South Africa <laughs> Freudian slip from years ago? Were Saracens getting done? They're yes, getting pumped, smashed. Yeah, they were. What was it? Um, Thirty, thirty-nine, seventeen down. They were getting an absolute hiding. Northampton looked basically like Saracens for large parts of this game. They were ripping them to pieces. Uh, every time a decision went towards Northampton, all the Saints lads were rubbing each other's heads, rubbing the Saracens' heads, they were whooping in their faces, they were getting very Saracensy, And they ran out of steam. And then as they ran out of steam and Saracens grew into the game, you could just you could feel the life draining out of Northampton as this monstrous 
creation just came towards them and they they just never stopped Saracens never ever stopped and that was the difference their leaders, for the first time they did it against Harlequins as well I mean very different yeah. they, weren't, they weren't but they, they were 14 points down against Harlequins and just went no we're going to flick the switch now we're on yeah that's exactly what they did. and their leaders led I think that's the most important part now they had a few things which went in their favour so the Northampton scrum was getting on top of them and it went to uncontested so they went through a whole that's a sentence I've not Mm. You know, I think there's a yeah. If you had to make a a, a list of sentences, a, a combination of words that have never been said before, <laughs> well, certainly since the majority, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Era, that sentence has never hasn't been said in a decade. Yeah, Northampton well, Scrum was on top. It really was. Yeah, they 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 were really doing uh, Saracens, and then all of a sudden. Saracen's got a few injuries and a few more injuries, and before you know it, it's, un- it's uncontested, and they've got two hookers on the field. But even that, it doesn't really explain what happened today. It, it was, it was. An, I think you said it right before. Northampton ran out of steam. They do. They play that high tempo game, and they, yeah. ca- they can't. They can't keep that high tempo up for. They can't keep it up for forty minutes. They they tend to tail off. Although I don't think they did really in the at the end of the first half, but. They tailed off towards the end. The enthusiasm in their defence was lacking. Well, when there's, uh, what was it, 84 points scored in this game, the enthusiasm in both defences was somewhat lacking. Yeah. Like when Dingwall carves through the middle for that first try, his first try off the back of a scrum. Love that. Which was, was, was great, but he shouldn't be doing that. He shouldn't be doing that. But Northampton make their own luck in many, many of these situations. So all the Northampton tries were basically them carving up Saracens and Saracens not having much of an answer. Actually, some of the Saracens tries were exactly the same. No yeah. one bludgeoned their way over, did they? Yeah, it, it was... The one Mikey Haywood, that was a push-over try, wasn't it? The first Northampton try. Apart from that... The Maitland try was an outside break, hands, hands, hands. And yeah. I mean, it, you know, the uh, tries that shouldn't happen. Apart from that, it was all... Yeah, there, were, there was a lot of tries that shouldn't have happened from both camps. There was a lot of defence optional in this game. Yeah, I think that's fair. But around the breakdown, Northampton started getting timid. Uh, the difference is, when Northampton were breaking the Saracens' line, they would do it in one go. They just get, mm. get they, they would get through the line, they'd break it, and then you know, score or do something. But what they weren't doing is they weren't dominating the game line. When Saracens had the ball, they really started dominating the game line. They they were making forward progress. They would drive the fit. I mean, actually, uh, there was that Augustus carry, which was incredible. But other than that, uh, and that that was the difference. And as Saracens going forward, you can just see Northampton lo- completely lo- lose interest. How did Finn Smith look in this one? Amazing, good. Ama- yeah. he should be the England fly off. <laughs> get the kid in. Yeah, get the kid. Get one Smith in. Get one Smith out. Yeah, I really do think that. I think no, he you is. don't really think I that. I really think. <laughs> no, come on. I've seen him twice now. Uh, I don't need to see him anymore. You uh, want Finn Smith, Max Ajomo, and uh, he has lifted Northampton. Uh, honestly, Northampton definitely do not win this with Dan Bigger at, at the helm. They definitely don't. They certainly don't win it with, with Grayson. This kid's a real deal. He he does. He looks great. Yeah, he really does. Um, oh. 1,200 metres made with ball in hand in this game. What? (laughs) There's four players who've got um, more than 100 metres on their own. When I hear things like that, uh, to me, it lends weight to what you brought up last week, Phil, when you said the Premiership, whilst it might, on the face of it, appear like it's a better 
product from a from a, an audience point of view it might not be one and secondly it definitely might not be the best preparation for international rugby yeah i said that but still well maybe you might have done yeah yeah i think you made the second point i, I think i made the first point but um yeah i just i do worry when we've got games like this i worry about the spectacle and i do i do i'm not saying i want to get rid of the salary cap but i think we should be having conversations about is the salary cap really what we want and everything that comes with it well, yeah because I, uh, I the the general thrusting in comments that i've seen and again social media is not real <laughs> but i have heard it I, is that um bristol and exeter and saracens aren't showing the necessary compassion to other clubs by asking for the salary cap to be increased back to 6.4 million mm. Uh, you don't uh, the salary cap state. You don't have to spend all of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is, is what, you don't have to you spend can, it all. If you're happy spending five and someone else is happy spending six, that's fine. Mm. Not having it, but you can still like teams. Teams that spend less money beat teams that spend more money. Yeah, it I just mean, happens. It's like if, if if it wasn't the case, Exeter never would have won um, the Champions Cup. Correct. They'd be multiple teams that spend significantly more than them. Yeah, but if they only were in a competition where it was uncapped, if they had one uncapped competition, they wouldn't have won it. But because they were in a capped competition and they could play that way and they could develop that way, it was the cap that pushed them into into that style in the first place. It's the cap that led to them having such... Talking to the mic, mate. ...innovative coaches. So, in my mind, it, 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 that was a victory for a capped league... Now, the difference being the uncapped league has taken another step ahead now. I don't think they, they, they could replicate it. But, you know, an increase in salary cap by two or three million. Pull it, Hang on. Pull it across that across side me? of you so that when you look at Phil, you're still talking there to you go. Mike. Is that right? Mm. Yeah. yeah so. An increase of two or three million would probably solve that. But the Premiership's not ready for an increase of two or three, two or three million. The Premiership, as a, for a cap perspective, is not. But some clubs are Some clubs are. And you don't have to. Newcastle yeah. don't have to. Sale don't have to. Who do you think would? Bristol. Bristol have made a loss of three million quid. Yeah, but no, they've got a billionaire. They don't care. Yeah, but they should. Care. They don't. They don't care for now. They don't care. But they, they no, can but spend they, as much they, as they want. They would. And there's 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 hun, there's a hundred rugby players, and a hundred rugby players who don't have a job, and there are many other players who have had a, a reduction in their income. Who, who would agree yeah. with the perspective that sadly, if, if someone wants to spend the money, let them spend the money. Sadly, there's a hundred players who aren't good enough. I mean, if they were good enough, they would have a job now. Now, maybe not. That's not entirely fair for all the wasps and all the yeah. Worcester lads, but it's certainly fair for the lads that didn't pick up a contract at the end, end of last year. There are there are contracts out there to be had if you want to play for a low enough figure. And if you don't want to, you're not good enough to justify that. And it's a really hard message yeah, oh, to get no, over. No, I agree with that. Um, but it is reality. It is reality. Uh, for the salary cap to go up, You'd have the haves and you'd have the have-nots. And all you'd be doing is replacing the have-nots at the bottom of the table this year with the have-nots from the championship next year. And you might get an Ealing who could turn into a have and go up the table. But then you've still got the same problem. We've done this for 20, 30 years in rugby. Never really worked. So why not give a ring-fenced league a go? And we can sort of learn from the Super League who've tried this and it's been a bit of a disaster. If as long as we don't follow their lead, I think we'd be all right. I, I certainly think that you look at the standard of the rugby and the competition, and 
Although the style doesn't lend is itself. It, no, but th- this is the question. It's I, a good product. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. But uh, well, that's this. That's, this is this is a question. This is the it, conundrum. Is it? Is it yeah. really? This this is the conundrum. This is what led me into because we all think it's a good product. The, if you listen to BT Sport and the people who love rugby, they will tell you it's a good product. But then you counterbalance that to the fact that. Um, attendances are falling. Yeah, well, there's lots of rugby to be seen. And and a game with 1,200 metres, on the face of it, I go, oh, that's great, you're going to see loads of good rugby then, but... but you, it's like your macro you, fishing you don't, Yeah, yeah, analogy. it is, isn't You're it? not getting that. If it was, you know, you, uh, La Rochelle can play incredible attacking rugby, so can uh, Racing 92. If those two go head-to-head, you're not getting 1,200 metres. No, you're no, certainly you're not. Not a chance. Not. And the game will be intense will be brilliant and the quality will be very high and there will be great try scores. But there seems to be no correlation between styles of rugby and popularity. So if you look at the South African teams or the New Zealand teams or the Australian teams, they play various different qualities, styles, physicality of rugby. And there doesn't seem to be any correlation between how big the how, how big the crowds are or how successful their organisations are. Maybe you say New Zealand are more successful. So then you say, well, do we want to copy New Zealand? Or do we want to copy France? Or do we just want to you know, forge, forge our own identity in the Premiership? And I'd say you want to do the last one. I'd, yeah, I'd, and I would, I would agree with that. You yeah. want to forge your own identity. I don't think um, having a conversation around the salary cap precludes you forging your own identity, does it? Uh, no, and, and I also think no. it's um, it, some of the level of conversation on this is, I think, slightly patronising to rugby fans who... It's like being given sugar all the time. They don't need to be no, served don't. loads of sugar. They can under uh, needs to rug- be nourished. R- rugby fans mm. can appreciate, uh, and uh, sometimes uh, I think one of, one of the most memorable bits of rugby I've ever seen was in the it was a Millennium Stadium at the time with Phil watching mm. watching Wales just absorb ten minutes of goal Poundings. line defence yeah. against Ireland. Uh, that was what and the uh, and the atmosphere in the crowd amazing. one of the most amazing crowds I've ever seen. seen. It wasn't a Gareth Edwards for Barbarians versus New Zealand-esque try. It was just brutal and was compelling and, and was absolutely amazing. And It's like being an M25 protester, isn't it? You, you never wanted to have the road, but now it's there, you don't want to get rid of it. <laughs> uh, it's a very similar conundrum. Uh, and I'm like that because... I love the physicality of rugby. If we could go more towards a French style of game, I think I'd do that. I think I would do that. But then would I do it if the cost was we don't get to see Henry Arundel score a hat-trick every single weekend? Well, he scored that try against Toulon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like every single weekend, we are seeing hat-tricks, we are seeing 80 points, we're seeing... Yeah, and I, I'm quite enjoying it, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but if, if he goes and absolutely tears it up in the Premiership... Um, and then gets to European Cup and he's gets battered and, and gets battered or gets to international level. And you're like, oh, he's not. It's not quite the same. That's yeah. I, and that may not be the case. Uh, Henry Arundel's one of those generational. Yeah, but it might be I the case for Barbary. Might be the case for Barbary. Exact great example. Might be the case for Barbary. And so I'm open minded to the thought that the uh, yeah I I feel like I'm being force fed sugar. Mm. A little bit. Yeah, maybe more yeah. to a certain but, degree. I'm, I'm not even sure how much of that is entirely due to the salary cap being where it is. No. But it's just the... My, my original point was the the product, we all think it's great. Lots of people think it's great, but it's not commercially successful. So Who's do, fault is that? Well, I, 
don't know because it's it's not Ben Earl's fault, you know. Well, well, not, well know. hold on. The attendance is a, a reasonable metric. I, I don't know about audience figures on 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 broadcast. That'd be interesting. Um, I don't know those, but just the attendance figures is an interesting one because that are people that are coming and then not coming back as often as well, I think Bath was a sellout this weekend. Yeah, well, that's always that's Bath, always, always a sellout. sellout. Yeah, I which mean, might be the the, the, the demographic the demographics of Bath having lived there for some time, but you don't even need to have lived there to know what yes. the demographics of Bath are uh, are such that it's not going to be a compromise. People will keep coming to enough people will keep yeah. coming to the rugby. And it might have been. Whereas it might just be it might have been uh, when when they had the the Ford Eastman Joseph Axis with Sam Burgess coming in, um, they might have been able to sell 30,000 tickets for mm. a 14,000. Now they might only just be selling 16,000. No one knows. You won't get yeah. You won't get that data. But, but yeah, so, I'm just, but, but I'm just demand not, outweighs supply in Bath yeah, always. I'm just not totally against the idea of, of opening up. And I won't say opening up totally, but um, just looking at other options. Because it's, it's not... The, um, the salary crap has not created the panacea that... Everyone hoped it would. Well, it's created the playing panacea. There's no... I mean, it's been... If you look at different metrics, you've got to say that it has been a wild success when you come to team balance, standards of coaching, standards of rugby on the field. So that side, it is a wild success. Now, But it doesn't preclude improving your coaching, improving your strength and nutrition. I think it does, actually. Yeah, I think it does. It it simply doesn't. Well, I think it does across the board because what you end up with is an economic incentive, right? Which is, if you can't spend any more of your money on players, where else do you spend it? And inevitably, they all spend it on S&C, coaching, so on and so forth. Now, you can still do that, right? Yeah. But you don't have the same same incentives under, under an open structure. So now we've got a bunch of metrics which we would judge rugby on. So on-field competitiveness, I don't know, um, points per season, all these other things which stack up. The counter you've got to look at the counterfactual which is would you give up all those things or do you think they can be sustainable or do you think they'd be the same if we removed the salary cap and I think they'd all be affected negatively and I'm not sure what we'd gain would actually materialise I don't think we would see more eyeballs on TV I don't think we'd see more people through the gates I don't think we'd see more people in 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 the stands so that would be my that would be my issue we know what we've got now and I think we can build around that by changing it I don't think that we're going to drive the things that we want to drive so you you mentioned competitiveness as a negative, and that's so I, I'd say you, a lot of that stuff you you can do it whether you have a salary cap or not. You can spend more money on S and C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not nothing is precluded on that. And once you've learned from it, you can always do that. I mean, but the competitiveness one is an interesting one, and that's that was like my point I made the other week. It's one of the points that's made in um, Soconomics mm. that the the having the haves and have nots is more compelling for the league overall because it creates the cup finals every time Brighton play Chelsea as an example it's one team that has less and one team that has more they've got an opportunity to take down a big dog to have a shot yeah. at the king so the question and is that creates a different level of narrative it's a totally different narrative but it's it's not an unsuccessful one in other arenas yeah so the question is is Brighton Manchester United more compelling than Green Bay Packers Chicago Bears and the reason I mentioned those two is that's a giant killing for Brighton. Mm. It's a massive event for the Brighton fans. Is it an event for the United fans? Probably not so much because they're waiting for Bayern Munich or some, someone else. Um, meanwhile, Chicago Bears versus Green Bay, that is all based on the rivalry. 
So, you know, the fans will show up, I'm pretty sure, like, regardless. That, that game's been pay, played, like, 100-odd times now. And that is still an event because it is a rivalry. But for those sets of fans, it isn't a cup final, it isn't anything else. It's just a rivalry. And I think that's what we're looking for in rugby. We're looking for more rivalries like Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, rather than Brighton's versus, versus United. But Brighton United has no rivalry. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. So they did, they so did play in F- they did play an FA Cup was... final. They did play in one FA Cup final in the seventies. Sorry, <laughs> so, um, but, that's but, that, but that that will Sorry. sell out. Brighton United will Events. sell out at both ends. Yeah, it will right. always sell out both times at both ends. Yeah. Um, but it's not a rivalry. And also, like, Ev- Everton versus United, there is a bit of historic rivalry going back to nineteen eighty-five. Uh, was it Norman Whiteside um, scoring against United to win one nil for Everton? Um, so Norman Whiteside, a United player. Yeah, he played for both teams. Uh, so there's the rival. So you've got things like that, which Rooney. It's spicy. Rooney is yeah. a great example. And there's been more players more mm. recently. You've gone uh, a bit of both. Kanchelskis, Kanchelskis, Darren Gibson, mm. uh, Donny Van der Beek, oh. uh, <laughs> Darren Gibson, great. So great one. Yeah, Mark Bosnich. Did he play for both? Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Yeah. And Chelsea. Yeah, did he go to Chelsea? Was that really? Yeah. No, he did play for United. He definitely played, he played for, he played for United, United. Not yeah, Everton. Yeah. Not Everton. Are you sure about that? Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. No, no, the, the one you're thinking of is the uh, the the guy with Tim. Oh, Howard, Tim, Tim Howard, Tim Howard, yeah. Tim yeah. Howard played, yeah. Um, American versus Australian. No, no, they're all. I, I don't know if these are upsides or downsides, right? But if you're making X amount of money, or you've got X amount of money c- coming into the club, like Exeter did, I don't know if it's a plus or an advantage that you can't spend that money on players because maybe Exeter would have been better investing in their squad rather investing into a 16,000-seater stadium, which they can't fill. They can't then fill because their squad's not attractive yeah. enough. We've got loads of money. What do we do with it? Well, let's, let's build a massive yeah. stadium that, that will never fill. But theoretically, that's exactly what clubs should be doing. They should not be spending on the players. They should be building enormous stadiums. Well, um, building infrastructure. Infrastructure, But you can yeah. have too much infrastructure. I don't believe you can. Look, but, at, all you the, look at all the uh, Chinese cities that they've built that are just now ghost towns. Yeah, if only they had stronger rugby teams. Exactly. Exactly right. So yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't. There's not a perfect answer, but I'm pretty sure some answers are more per, per, perfect perfect than others. But I do prefer the. We, we can say the 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 top fourteen is in terms of club rugby. The I, I love the Premiership. I thoroughly enjoy it. I am invested in it. I work in it. I genuinely love it. I have I, even as someone who doesn't have a team, I find it compelling. But the argument that it's the best league in the world is for the birds now the top 14 is comfortably different gravy miles ahead yes it is it is I I think in every way like and and that's that's how much they spend all the rest of it but the quality most importantly the quality and the intensity and the competitiveness is ridiculous yeah Yeah, the book has to stop with premiership rugby I'm I'm, I'm afraid and it's uh, but but they are the clubs this, no, they're not the no, clubs. No, they are. Because they are. They're, they're, they're an extension of the 13 clubs. This is the problem. There is nothing independent. If you speak to a club owner... And you There's say, nothing look, independent. If you speak to a club owner and you go, look, can you just fire this guy? Can you just get rid of this guy? Because he's, you know, he's involved in spreading a message of, of the game and he's doing a terrible job. They'll look at you... Do you like, of anyone like, in particular? At no, 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 no one in particular, because <laughs> that'd be ludicrous. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll just shrug their shoulders and say, no, I can't, because it's Premiership Rugby. It's like, don't you own pre- 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 Premiership Rugby? Well, no, not really. And it, they, go, they do, because they can change the rules to suit them, which they have done many times. They absolutely do. And that's, so, that's, I'll try again then. And that's a cop out. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know. Try to get one person fired. Yeah, no, like, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Try to get one person... No, that's what JP's yeah. doing. No, 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 that's no, a specific like, example. Premiership rugby, it's like Byzantine with various committees and, and whatnot. But the, so. Yeah, it's all, it's all the clubs though, isn't it? Like the committees are the clubs, the clubs are the committees, the clubs are PRL. There might be a few individuals who are... Um, employed independently by PRL who do not represent any yeah, individual look, club. I, I'm sure if the clubs wanted to really kick things on, they could. They could do. But the clubs can't agree, which is why you need a strong PRL and a strong centre to organise the game. It's, uh, you definitely need that, yeah. But they can't do it. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they need to get it. But it, it is, if the clubs... It, I still think it's down to the clubs. I, look, if the PRL had the right people... We wouldn't be saying it's down to the clubs. No. They, they would just be cracking on. They with are the clubs. Stop! Stop! It's the same thinking thing. It's the same thing. That is them. It's they not. they put the, they put Premiership Rugby there. They are in control of it. The thirty all all the, all the Premiership Rugby does is reflect the the wishes of the thirteen stakeholders. That is part of the problem because they can't all agree, and so you cannot get anything well, if done. They can't all agree. It's very hard to say that it is the will of the clubs. You know, yeah, but then it's also unfair to know, blame the, blame any organisation because it's the anyway. We, we, we don't need to go down this. Uh, the, here's something we will agree on. Uh, I, I'm sure you will agree on this, <laughs> David Reynolds. No chance. Contact TedChasers at gmail dot com. He's he's referring to the Rugby World Cup, which we mentioned, um, and he says, "Firstly, apologies. I always email after I've had a couple of beers." He sat watching the semi final between New Zealand and Australia. Uh, in, in the rugby league, and he and he says, "I'm going to just read his final paragraph. The embracing of the physical aspect of the game is making it a great watch. Ooh. It's big, strong boys being allowed to be men on a rugby pitch, not constrained by an administrator worried about a media reaction. It is controlled brutality and aggression, making it a proper spectacle." Says David. I think that was right. I, th- I think he was. I think he was right. I think. There's a lot of people, a lot of rugby fan, rugby union fans, if they watch that, would be wincing multiple times. Uh, there were some, there were some high shots. I think there were some no arm shots that didn't get looked at. There was also a lot, far more, just very good, right on the border of legality, but and, legal hits. And let's focus on them because everyone, yeah. everyone always they, they constructs some... a straw man and says, "Oh, is it high, you're condoning high shots." No, 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 no. Those ones that you just mentioned, yes, the ones that are legal, but but bought, but pushing it, legal and, concussions and brutal, yeah, and I some amazing hits. I which love. Game, uh, just, talk about Friday night, th- New this Zealand, is New Zealand, Australia. It's ridiculous that you should feel that anyone should feel remotely uncomfortable about saying it. So I'm going to just step forward as yeah, someone well. who has a, has a all right, Simon Middleton, uh, and I'm going to say I absolutely love it. I want yeah. brute. I want to yeah. see. Pure brutality within the, within the laws within the laws, one hundred percent. It's amazing within the yeah. laws and yeah, the spirit of the game. I want to see brutality. It's a funny feeling watching rugby league because you do feel personally on edge. Like, do you look at that? Yeah, it, yeah. They continue. There's like five hits in that. The, those five play the balls that all should be looked at. Yeah, it's barbaric. But yeah, completely uh, Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. But um, there was, so on the Friday night game particular, I didn't see the Saturday game. The Friday night game in particular, it was an amazing spectacle but the commentators wanted to overhype it, and they like. Well, Bath Leicester. No, no, oh, right. Oh, New no, Zealand, Australia. In New Zealand, New Zealand, Australia. They so everything was the best, the best <laughs> hit, the best. Like this is the best thing you will ever see. Oh, like it, it was, it was like, repeated a hundred times. It was like the Women's Rugby World Cup. The, the hyperbole right. was so exaggerated. I don't know if you know this, but in the Women's World Cup. The best support line that has ever been run was run. <laughs> do, do you know that? <laughs> Somebody actually said this. They said, that is the best support line that has ever been run. Chris Ashton will be dreaming about that in his sleep tonight. It's like, are you joking? I did, I did hear that. It, 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 that hasn't even made my top 20 support lines. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, so having worked in radio, I've worked at some small, uh, on the way up, I worked at some smaller stations and I remember getting... Uh, some salesperson had sold a competition where and they'd sold it where I had to say it was Cadbury's cake bars or something it was the product and uh, it was said with the delicious new Cadbury's cake cake bars coming in in incredible five new flavors and I ha- and I, I I went sorry 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 just run me by this again fine I can mention Cadbury's cake bars but you you're saying what that bit in bold there yeah, that's the bit that the clients paid for. You have to say that in that way. And uh, I, I just said, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing that because I would never say that. Because the point being is when next week I go, I've got a, an incredible holiday for you and your family to the Caribbean to go and live on a yacht for a week. It's like, yeah, that is incredible. Yes. Cadbury's cake bars are not incredible. <laughs> so exactly, exactly the same, feeding me too much sugar. Uh, if good, you, you, was, you lose the impact of it when it, you say it how, all the time. Game, this game, it was so exaggerated. At one point, one of the commentators said, he said the line, there is no bigger stage than a World Cup semi-final. No. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, maybe maybe in one week's I time, one. Might, I can think of one just off the top of my head. I don't know. I, I love the State of Origin one because it's so brazen. And they say, this is the greatest game in any code. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Just in case you didn't already know, I couldn't come to my own conclusions there. <laughs> but this is the um, direct result of Eddie and Steve-O. So yeah, Eddie yeah, and Steve-O have a long-lasting legacy. Bless them. And every game in Super League was the best game ever to have occurred. And we were talking about like, Friday night, St. Helens, away in the jungle at Castleford. And this was the best game of all time. And they've already predetermined what they're going to talk about. And they just go... With, I remember one one game against Salford versus Wigan. They had determined that Stuart Fielding was going to be the best player on the planet. And throughout the night, Stuart Fielding had the, one of the worst games I've seen him play. But that you can see it in his eyes, the intensity in his eyes. The fire is burning in Stuart Fielding's eyes. And it just never stopped. 
Eddie, is this the greatest game that we've ever seen? <laughs> and then Eddie would have to answer. This is a little bit what I was saying about that you you can patronise rugby fans a little bit. But they, they weren't they, patronising. They, no, they were no. so exciting. No, I know. They, they were so excited that I was excited. Yeah, okay. And the question, the standard of questioning, you can take this back back, back to B, BT Sport. You and Ugo can do it. Ugo, we've got the greatest game on game on the planet, but how do we sell it? To, but how do we sell it to the masses? <laughs> and it just never stopped. It never stopped. It was ridiculous. It made me cringe the Friday night. That Friday night game, anyway. There was another Friday night game. Yeah, Bath Leicester. Talk about rivalries. This one goes back. Yeah, Histo- historic rivalries. Uh, interesting game. Um, Leicester should have been. They should have won the game at half time. They should have been like thirty points clear. Well, just look at the. I mean, I, I know rugby isn't won on team sheets, but potentially this game could have been won. But it actually sh- could have been. Like Leicester had. There was a start partway through the oh, end of the first half that they had, I can't remember, 30 or 40 phases within Bath's 22 and scored one try for it. Yeah. And it's... Not good enough. Yeah. They they were not clinical enough, but fair play to Bath, the way that they came back and the way that they actually won the game with the um, the try in the corner. Yeah. Yeah, hell of a right. hell of a finish. That was a hell you would have thought, wouldn't you, finish. watching the last couple of weeks' games, that um, Worcester went under being the European champions <laughs> because the players that they've let go and the impact they've had on their respective teams. Ted Hill got got got, got on a match in this. Yeah, uh, Ollie Lawrence has been tearing up trees. Apparently, he's now the best centre on the planet. I mean, he was a very good centre before, but you know, now here he is. Finn Smith Finn Smith. Is, uh, Finn Smith should be in the England squad. Should be the Smith, yeah. the Smith wearing 10 for England. What was, what, what was Dimes doing? He was asleep at the wheel. Yeah, completely asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Shilcock started this game, finally Bath beat Leicester. I mean, it just, you know, it all works. I, I actually um, read the team sheet I thought, Richard De, De Carpentier running into Ollie Cracknell. That's going to go one way, horrifically badly for one of those two. Well, Cracknell, Liebenberg and George Martin. Good luck. Yeah. Um, but no, completely wrong. It was why rugby isn't played on paper. It's um, a fantastic result. And I, I do... Bath have had a number of games where they've started coming back into it late on and some of them they've ended up winning like this one and some of them they've fallen just short. Like the, is it the Wasps game and a few others? Yeah. But I think they've got some... They've got some component parts to not being a terrible team. The, the, uh, mm. I think what's, Fitness being one of what them. should be encouraging, and I think put, throwing too much of the focus on Ted Hill, Ollie Lawrence, um, would be would detract from the fact that when you actually look at how they play, there's an identity <gasps> building. And it might be a very simple game plan, but it's a simple game plan which everyone's on board with, and that's having an impact. And that's, yeah. Yeah, that's Johan van Gran. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, ben, ben Spencer was back th- uh, this week as well, which he's not been around for a while. He's, I think he's club captain, actually. Um, and, I, and the other thing is, is, can they just get the old boys in, in, enthused? Can they get Jonathan Joseph wanting to play again? Because if you get him enthusiastic, I think everything start, starts to sort of click into place there. So, mm, good win. Uh, unexpected yeah. win. Well, it, it actually moves Bath up into eighth place. Level on points with Leicester. So only behind Leicester on points difference. Both both on 17. Bath are playoff contenders. Well, I mean, they're not, but I guess the the two teams above them are Leicester and Exeter, who are playoff contenders. Exactly. Yes, yes, I guess they are. Or Leicester contenders, yes. Uh, Well, Exeter got a win, but before we go there, uh, Chris Wheeler 
contactedtasters at gmail.com. Uh, following on from discussion about rugby players and their parents, oh, another one. Uh, yes. Luke Cowan Dickey. Uh, his, brother, his brother's a hooker. At. Um, so he's at Tigers. He was, he's at Tigers. Yeah. He was on the bench. Oh, yeah. Was he not? Yeah, Tom Cowan Dickey, he's played this weekend. No, Adam Cowan Dickey, father of Luke and Tom. Okay. Uh, is a record-breaking fisherman. Oh, really? Is he another fisherman? In, in 2019, he broke a record um, catching more than £125,000 worth of fish off the Devon coast. He netted seven and a half tonnes of prized Dover sole, later sold at auction for a whopping £125,000, making, oh making it the biggest grossing catch in the history of Bricks and Port, where his ship, the Margaret of Ladrum, it's widely uh, celebrated, I'd imagine. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's cool. Is it just a thank you, Chris, for that article, a link to an article from 2019? That's astonishing. Yeah. 125 grams worth of Dover sole. Delicious. It, I, I love Do- Dover sole. The, the quote um, wasn't actually from Adam Cowan Dickey himself. There must, I mean, not to put it down on that, there must have been one hell of a lot of off catch there. <laughs> I mean, Dover sole is like a bossom fish, isn't it? It's a flat is fish. it? It is. It I is. Heard. It, it, it does. It does put his son in perspective, though. He's like that. That was a, a record-breaking catch. There's probably a once-in-a-career haul, and that's just that's just one Six Nations for Luke. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think you catch Dover Soul. I think I can't be sure. So someone correct me. But I think you do it by sort of like dredging the seabed because they're a flat fish. You've got to sort of get them off the seabed. So there's two ways to do it. You can either electrocute the seabed and kill everyone. <laughs> that's how China do it. That's how the Dutch do it in the in the English Channel. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's brutal. Evil. The evil Dutch. Um, which is why we need a strong... That's why we need a strong Royal Navy. Uh, and the other way to do it is sort of like a plough. And you sort of plough the... Maybe that's oysters I'm thinking of. Or... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you do, because they, 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 they live on the bottom. So I don't know how you catch them, because you can't just, like, trawl... It sounds highly destructive and not mm. not a lot of skill involved. I mean, but I if don't... it gets you 125 yeah. grand in a week... Yeah. But they are delicious, Tim. So you've yeah. got to sort of, you know... I mean, I'm not I'm not against it, particularly <clears throat> send me some Dover salt. Yeah, and we're not going to be around for our... when our grandchildren's generations can't enjoy them. Yeah, and by so... the way, you can't see the seabed, mate. So <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not a big deal. Um, yeah. But they must either. I mean, they can't. They can't have caught only Dover sole. There must have been a lot of other fish in there. Yes, a lot of other fish. Uh, and on the subject of uh, players and and their new interesting careers, Ryan Forrester, contact headchasers at gmail dot com. Uh, podcast blah 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 love blah blah. Uh, on the topic uh, of jobs, this is a, a this is a an NRL former NRL player and Salford City Reds player. Scallops and oysters, please, Carol. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Vido. Do you know him? V- v- Vidal. Uh, Vido. 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 Or v- no, v- I'm thinking v- of the Barcelona player. Go on. No. So he's a, he's a former NFL rugby player. NFL, NRL. NRL, sorry. Rugby player. And he is now a WWE star. Really? I think I did know that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, think I did. I mean, yeah. Good. Fair play. Uh, Zion Quinn is his uh, Zion Quinn. So there you go. Um, yeah, so the um, crisis is next move. Uh, retired rugby players and their jobs. Um, Ewan Murray, former Scotland prop, 
qualified as a veterinary surgeon from Glasgow University. He's been useful with his hand and whatnot. <laughs> Stitch himself back up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And on, on naming dogs after rugby players, uh, because this came up uh, with the, the Kiwi fan naming a dog, our Labrador is called Doddy. Oh, oh, very nice. Nice lovely. touch. Yes. Like, like that. Classy. Thank you very much, Anthony, for that email. Um, there were two two other games. Yes. I've not seen anything of these two other e- games. Exeter beat London Irish. Yeah. Exeter 22-17. Uh, but there was a, there was a very late um, London Irish try from Tom Pearson, which brought them back into it. Um, and I think Exeter were they went out into an early lead, but then didn't do much after half time. So, do you know who captain Ex- Exeter? Um, Simmons, no. Joe Maunder. No. Uh, Keep going. Uh, Jack uh, Jack Vermaelen. No. Whitten Hepburn. Uh, let's 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 see how long that we can... Woodburn. No. Vermeulen, no. Josh Hodge, Van Heerden, no. uh, Moon, no, Yandel, uh, Yandel, no, uh, uh, Isafia Scott, ooh, no, no, it'll be uh, um, Hepburn, no, Patrick Schickling, no, Yandel, no, no, getting um, closer, Dan John, no, no, Sean O'Brien, no, Royal Lachlan, Williams, no. Harry, Harry Williams, no, um. <laughs> Who else is left? Kirsten? Uh, no. Christ Tushunzi wasn't no. playing. Was he playing for Wales? I have no idea. Come on, keep, keep going. You've got the whole team. <laughs> you named the whole squad. No, you haven't. Luke Cowan Dickey. No. Jack Noel. No. <laughs> Henry Slade. Um, no. Oh, Nick it, White. Uh, the, the 10 that's. Go on. Uh, well, the 10 that's. Oh, oh Harvey Skinner. Harvey no. Skinner. Hendricks. Capstick wasn't playing. No, no. No. Come on, boys. Only the captain of Exeter. I'm, I'm out of Exeter players. You're out of Exeter players. Uh, Rusty, think... Rusty, Tim, Tim Moore. I don't. I... No. Well, who was who's playing the, this? Jack Maunder, Sam Maunder. No. Townsend. No. None of those boys captain Exeter this weekend. Although they have in the past. David Jenkins. Correct. Oh. David Jenkins, nineteen year, nineteen year old, second row captain Exeter this weekend. Fair nice. play. Yeah, Very interesting, nice. isn't it? Yeah. Probably getting his practice in for Captain in the Dragons when he goes over there. <laughs> so very nice. That's an amazing story. That's great. A good win as well. Yes. Because Irish are, are, are not shorn of many or any players. Yeah, good good, um, good win. Um, good story. Good fact. Terrible quiz. It's a great quiz. It's a terrible quiz. <laughs> terrible answering of a quiz. <laughs> Uh, Victor O. Maranich or Maranich uh, contact Chasers at gmail.com uh, we just li- finished listening to last week's podcast and on the subject of the fella looking for an all blacks theme name for his dog I'd just like to introduce, introduce you to our dog Bowden five, Ooh, five nice. year old 60k Rottweiler um, oh wow and that's uh, from uh, Vic in Baltimore Wait. USA 60kg yeah, that's a big. That's dog. a big dog. That's like a leopard. How how heavy is Rudy? Rudy's a uh, chocolate lab. Thirty. How much is Ch- how much would Cheslin Colby weigh? Oh, uh, 80, 80 something. Okay, who would weigh? Was there any player that would weigh anything? Uh, ca- Harry Randall. How much does Harry Randall weigh? Maybe seventy five, something like that. Yeah. So almost, I'm, almost I'm Harry Capuoso Randall. Be Capuoso and Minotsi or something no, he's like small. that. Yeah, he's small. and Minotsi's small as well. Capuoso is listed here. This may be wrong. A seventy-one. 
Okay. So not a million miles away from that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good. I'd back. I'd back Bowden the dog in that fight. Uh, definitely. <laughs> uh, Minotzi apparently is seventy-seven. Kudos. Um, uh, Dmac. I wonder what he is. Uh, maybe maybe eighty something. Yeah. He is small mind. He is. Anyway, so so, Damien McKenzie is listed at 81. The yeah. other game which nobody's watched is Gloucester versus Gloucester. Newcastle. Yes, this is a good win for Newcastle. It is. And there's one thing on here which I want to talk about, uh, which is of no consequence to anybody, except for maybe us, and maybe a handful of our listeners that m- would have remembered this, this episode. But remember when we used to do that awful thing where we used to make a novelty 15 up, when we had a food and drink 15? Do you remember that? Yes. Do you remember who the hooker was? Uh, so it's not George McGuigan, obviously. Nope. Because that wouldn't be food. I'm just trying to think who was on the field. Sacchino, no. Sacchino, no. Uh, Blamir, no. Uh, just trying to think of the food, other one. food-related names. Yeah. Someone Fish? James Fish. No. So what happened was uh, I, I went deep into Google and I found a guy called Max Pepper. Oh, oh yeah. I do remember Max Pepper. So yes. Max Pepper made the team because I, I found him. He plays hooker. Yeah, plays for a big private school, and his dad, it turns out, is the coach of said private school, Mister Pepper. So Mister Pepper's like a big deal. Yeah. Anyway, there is a player playing seven for Newcastle who is only nineteen, called Guy Pepper. There is no way there's not a relation here. <laughs> <laughs> Not a thing, is it? Which school is this? I don't know. If Maybe I, it's like Sedbert or or somewhere yeah, RGS Newcastle or whatever it is. Something like, like that. Must be. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to have a look up right now. Guy Pepper. <laughs> but I'm telling you now, there, there there will be a link here. England age grade, obviously. Academy Harrogate age grade. Harrogate checks out. Northeast. Sorry, might be his nearest Studying academy. Durham oh, University. Mate. There's nothing like Durham school. University. There you go. It must be, mustn't it? It must be. Uh, Barnard Castle. There you go. Yeah. Was that the school? Yeah, Barnard Castle. Barnard Boom. Castle. Done. There. See, I know I know my rugby players. Was Barnard Castle where Matthew Tate? I'm presuming Alex Tate. Re- Alex, Alex Tate, Matthew Tate, um, the pilot and his brother, the Underwoods. Underwoods. They, they went there. Uh, Toby Flood was another one. I think... I think the scrum half who has a brother Dixon's went there Carl and the yeah, other one I think they did Alex who was it Carl and it was, what was Carl's brother the one who, he still plays at Bedford now yeah he's a teacher something Dixon so oh, I can't remember Paul, Alex. yeah so, uh, played for England yeah played for England uh, him England. he He'll be, be good about that, that we can only yeah. remember his, his brother's name because he's a ref and he played yeah. for England. We can't remember his name. Paul Dixon, Alex. I want to say Alex Dixon. No, it doesn't. It's no. not. It's it Alex Mitchell. Right. Yeah. Sam? No. No. I keep wanting to say it's not Sam. Oh, you're saying Sam, Sam Dickinson. Dickinson. Dickin- yeah, Dickinson. In the same era. Carl, is it also a K? K? Uh, no. Dixon, Scrum Half, so England. Anyway. England. Wait, if if I'll Google Carl Dixon, Lee. Lee Dixon, Barnard Castle School educated. Lee Dixon. Lee Dixon. Sorry, Lee Dixon. That is embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, I bet loads of them have come from there. I bet like Callum Chick went there. I bet Radwan went there. I bet I bet loads of them came from um, from Barnard, Barnard Castle. Castle. Yeah, there's a few big, big. Um, 
fee paying schools up in the northeast. There we go. That's, um, and, that's a, and we tell you nothing about the game, other than we did say last week that this would be a good one for Newcastle to win, and they did. Mm. They did. So they uh, they move above Bristol in the league. Bristol, what a nightmare of a season! And awesome. who's bottom of the league? Worcester. Uh, yeah, taking out Worcester and Wasps. Uh, Newcastle. Irish. No, Newcastle above Bristol. Irish. It's all going wrong for them. Irish. All gone very very wrong. And they sh- they should be winning these games as well. Yeah, can Irish make the playoffs? Oh, that sounds ridiculous. Uh, so there's there are fifteen games left. So yeah, easily. <laughs> um, they can score. So the, currently Saracens are on forty three points, and in those fifteen games, they can score. What would it be? Seventy five points. So yes, if they get seventy five points, they'll get to playoffs. They would definitely. Well, not not necessarily. It's not but, in their hands, is it? But yeah, it's likely. Yeah, yeah, it's highly likely. So where are we saying the cutoff for the playoffs are now? Bristol are out of it. Yeah, Bristol are out of it. Irish are out of it. If <clears throat> there's enough games to go at, but I can't see, I can't see the bottom four making the playoffs. Agreed. So any of the bottom four. Leicester is the cut Leicester off, and above. Yeah. Ooh, it's exciting. Highly exciting. And have we got fixtures next week? N- Northampton are playing Barbarians. Which means because it was a because they were going to play Worcester or Wasps. Does that mean Bristol are playing? Or they were the thirteenth team and had their bye week. It's a week off, or Prem Prem Cup week. Right, so Bristol will have South Africa. Bath Bath have got Barbarians. It's like Barbarians, Bath, and Leicester all play uh, Saints. Mm. Bath and Leicester all play uh, Barbarians within a space of a week and a half. I think. Uh. And there's a load of like Banahan's coming back, Tom Woods coming back, Cipriani. Big Luth. Wow. There's a load of some some guys who are retired, like I think Tom Wood and Banahan are formerly retired, and others who are kind of wanting to put themselves in the shop window perhaps. Mm. Reminds me a little bit. Have you ever seen The Business with Danny Dyer? <laughs> did we talk about did we talk about this last week? Maybe or was it Malaga, me and you yeah, in Malaga yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, Danny? Yeah. Have you ever seen the No, I've not never seen you it. You've never seen it? No. It's so, it's it's a good film to watch. Fun. Very like easy watching, enjoyable. Yeah, so they get to a point where they get the band back together in the uh, in this nightclub, and it turns out to be a really sad event because they just aren't who they used to be. Sounds a little bit like this Barbarians team. Yeah. Big Luth, Cipriani, yeah. slip back hair, ready to go. Just, no one's interested. Yeah. I uh, just just like from that. the Barbarians New Zealand game, Joe Marchant, my goodness, he's good. And I just can't come. believe he's... How, how, he what, getting paid what? a lot of money is yeah. how he's going. No, no, but I mean, what did he do to not... to to not Like, he's going... I, know, I understand Tui Lange can do what Tui Lange can do. And Guy, and Guy Porter was solid, but... Mm-hmm. But Joe Marchant not? did nothing wrong. Um, have we not discussed why this is the case? Yeah, no. It's um, the curse of the good golf clubs. So sometimes the golfer isn't good enough to use the clubs that he's given. So you need a worse set of golf clubs. Kind of like when you're a trainee race driver, you've got to do Formula 2 and Formula Ford and Formula what, whatever it is. Uh, Eddie Jones just is not a good enough coach to manage Joe, Joe, Joe Marchant. Sim, 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 uh, simple as that. If, if he manages to get, get it right with Porter, then he can advance on to the next great centre. But he's just not good enough. Uh, and therefore, Marchant will go to France and earn lots of money and become one of the best players on the planet. Well, so like, a shame. bearing in mind what we said about you know Johnny May might have lacked a yard and he's still a class player, but he hasn't really played it. But like Joe Marchant, even on the wing, 
He's great. He's a quality player. He's great. Just, I just cannot, I cannot, player. I do not get this it. This is going to be the death of the Premiership, though. So when we start bleeding these players, mm. so basically, Joe Marchant is someone who could be playing in Northampton now. And what I mean by that is he is good enough in every way to play for England, but for whatever reason it is, he is overlooked. That is the whole Northampton backline. Everyone in Northampton it fits, fits that description. And these are the guys mm. that are going to go to France. That's going to hollow out the Premiership. We're going to be left with... A handful yeah. of young lads. This is this is a problem with the salary cap being yeah. the level it is. Young lads, either the salary cap or the top, salary cap at the top, level it is. High, highly paid, and you don't see them. Meat grinder. Yeah, you, yeah. Uh, you'll never see Courtney Laws. You'll never see Owen Farrell, uh, but you will see the cheap South African import or the kid. And that those are your options. And if they're any good, they'll go to France. And we're just going to. Well, opportunities in France. I mean, if you're a very good player, that's great. But opportunities in France are much. Lower than they were because of the GIF system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, actually, so you're not going to completely hollow out. But when you've lost the jewel in the crown, yeah, the, the best ones will go. Yeah, yeah. because Morgan will end up being one of the best players in Stade Francais. He has got uh, top fourteen player of the season written all over him in exactly the same exact Mer- yeah. same way as that Mercer has. Yeah, agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no fixtures next week uh, in the Premiership. There is a fixture on Friday night, though. Um, are either Wilmslow of you b- versus Broughton yeah. Park. Yeah, are either of you boys playing in it? I am playing in it. Yeah. I am also playing in it. Well, there's like a squad of 25 lads. So and I'm not included on, on what's No, and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not included in that list, so... Well, obviously, 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 I want to get in there. There's so many forwards at, at Vets level, or at least there's lads that can't run that much that they go, I'll play in the forwards. I, I want to get out in the backs. You, I want to you, be two, the backs. you two play in the centres together. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I, we'd be a good, good well, I've got to play in the backs. I'm, I'm getting Dubai ready. Yes. I'm going as an outside back, and they think I'm an outside back, so... <laughs> You've told you them know? you're an outside back? Yeah, I've got to back it up now with some outside back shit. Yeah. Come in and do a track session with me tomorrow. No. That's good. I've got a good miss, Pat. I've got a good pass, so I can miss JB. You can be the decoy, <laughs> and I'll pass it straight I to Phil. I can change Roberts it. I'll give it straight to Phil. <laughs> yeah. Perf, even better. Yeah. Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to that. Sam Burgess st- style. Good club as well, Wilms, though. Yeah. Good well, club. Yeah. Good, we'll be on the first team pitch, won't we? Under floodlights, obviously. Yeah, hope well, so. judging by the performance of their first team, they certainly will be playing. <laughs> so, not going to tear it up. Yeah, back to what I said at start. Start the. Um, oh yeah, you can go for it now. Start the podcast. Some dark, dark days for many clubs in the northwest. Mm. So, Broughton Park, a traditional powerhouse, have won two games all season. They've got absolutely smashed by the two bottom clubs. Winnington Park beat them. This weekend they went over to Douglas and Isle of Man. They got absolutely destroyed. But what's the what's the bigger point here that, that's relatable for clubs up and down the land? Because we've already heard from old Khalifians uh, putting out three good teams for. A, uh, it's simply this: there needs to be more. Well, there's two things that you can take from the Broughton Park case, which is there's got to be an escape route for clubs getting relegated, and it need, it can't come quick enough. So there's five five teams maybe in that league that then desperately desperately need to go down because there's clubs in level no, seven. No, don't desperately. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't like. It will happen. They'll find their level. They will find their might level. Take a couple of years. But if, well, that is a problem, right? Well, because well, if you're getting smashed every single week, then that's a that's a massive problem. So that's why you need to find your level fairly quickly. It's all right to get smashed every single week for a year, maybe even two years. So this happened at level five. So you've got uh, Kirby Lonsdale, who lost another game this week by about 50 points. Last week, they, they lost by 108 points to nil. Mm. Or was it three? 
I don't know which one it was. But <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Did they score nil or three points it having conceded over 100? Yeah. So, like, Hull. Hull are a good, good, good team, right? They won pretty much every game last, last year. Mm-hmm. They went up, and now they're getting battered. That's not, that's not Mate, a problem. But the, I'm could look, a problem. I'm looking at the results. They're not get, they might be losing more games than they're winning, but they're, they're not getting battered. Who's it? Who? Broughton Park. Uh, they're not getting battered. Are they not? No. I mean, they've won two out of 12? Yeah, maybe, yeah, that may be the case. But it's not like when Manchester lost their money and got no. beaten 100 nil. No, and they were finding their level. Every week. Yeah, every it took, week. It took them five years yeah. to find the level. So fi- finding your level by losing by 10, 15 points regularly. Um, well, that's uh, well right. so that's the first thing. The second thing is the idea that of unavailabilities. A lot of people that are saying they've got players unavailable don't really mean it. What they actually mean is uh, these players have stopped playing and... They're putting a lot of emphasis on getting these players back when actually they just don't exist. So I heard of a club this week who have 45 players unavailable. Do they really have 45 players unavailable or do they have 10 players unavailable and 35 players that, 35 players that have just quit? Because that's a very different scenario. And if you're just hanging your hat on saying, we're going to have these 35 players back, it's going to be great, and that's what you're hoping on, you're never going to t- turn the ship around. If you concentrate on the 10 players that are unavailable plus the guys that you've got and you really focus your efforts on them and getting them the right rugby, the right coaching, the right offer to improve their game, then they'll improve their game and everything will be fine. I, t- I, t- I can tell you something that might be very relatable to people involved in, in grassroots clubs. And because this isn't me having a moan, although I, that will be the context of what happens here. I'll be having a moan. Mm. So on Wednesday night training, Uh-oh. our under-15s lads, this is a Wednesday night, cold, windy, Manchester weather... 24 lads which is like awesome yeah mm. I was going to say that is really good 24 lads we were there in the junior <laughs> section at Broughton Park we are the only age group side to have registered a win in the Lancashire Cup every other team has lost all yeah. the games so far which is fine that happens because it's competitive but in our pool we're top it's it's basically what I'm saying is and I don't know how this has happened. Well, no, I have some ideas about how this has happened, which um, is kind of my point. This. Which is kind of my point. So anyway, this is... Um, it, it's it's an anomaly within the club. They've got this one age group with a really good team. Mm. And you think a few years' time, if you know some of those lads will go off to uni, some will mm. move away. But a handful of them could form the core of a first team. They could mm. do. And that's, that's, that's like job done for that age group, for the club. Mm. And in the meantime, you've got this this little beacon of uh, in your junior section of a club that that is PR wise is doing a great job at you know continuing the legacy of Broughton Park, a proud club. Mm-hmm. Twenty four. You've got some talk H boys in there though, haven't you? When you merged, a couple of them. Yeah, just, just a saying. Couple, just yeah. a they'll, they'll be returned. Um, <laughs> so we turn up at twenty four lads, and we are on. The, the the bit of pitch we've been allocated is the same as equivalent space-wise as every other side. Mm-hmm. Some of those sides have four, five, six lads turning up. Oh, yeah. We have 24. So we're given our little allocated space with 20, 24 lads, the same as some people who've got 10. And there's no relevance made to numbers turning up to space you get. And we're also given a, a pitch where there's only floodlights on one side and... We're, we're expected to play in the dark then, on the dark bit on the far side and there's a bit of me where I want to throw my weight around and go you, we're the only team that's won in the Lancashire Cup 
we're top of our pool and that we've got, and you work for Virgin Radio <laughs> and you've got a podcast <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> no, so I'm, I, I really want these. Like they, they've got something, and they can do something this season, and they're having a great time. And and to, to throw them out in darkness on a Wednesday night just. Do you know where that does happen? my head in? Mm. And this is just rugby politics all over because you try and have this conversation. And do you know where that where that wouldn't where, where that wouldn't happen? And I'll get I'll get you those floodlights on tomorrow, mate. You just bring the boys down, and I'll get the floodlights on, and they'll have some dinner at the end of it. Well, apparently there's some mobile lights which might which might solve that issue. But um, the other thing is, if if I were at the club and I had a team, and I, I, it doesn't matter if it's mine, it could be the under 14s, it could be the under 16s, mm. whatever. But if I had a team that was really good as a club, I would take huge pride in that, and I go, do you know what? You're doing so well, you get the first team pitch for your next game. You know, yeah. just stuff like that. Mm. Little I things, just, isn't it? I, it's little things, but it's it's uh, it's partly rugby club politics, and it's partly just it, it actually the reality of it is partly people. So the clubs rely on people that are so busy. A few mm. people who are so busy that they can't. Well, did actually... you read the BBC article the other day again by Sarah Orchid? And it was Orchard. about yeah, her. Um, and it was about it was about people making the decision between feeding their kids. I'm playing competitive sports. It was one of the most perverse articles I have ever read in my life. I've not read it, but you mentioned it to me. Did I mention this oh. to you? you, you you'll love this, Tim. Oh, well, yeah, well, I'm just thinking about um, me when I was growing up. And so we were genuinely, uh, when it was me, my brother, and my mum, we were genuinely poor. We didn't have a car. We used, to, we used to walk two and a half miles to Newby Rugby Club and walk back when me and my brother were uh, six and seven. Yeah. And... Um, but the point being is that in terms of what we could have done with our time, it's like, no, it, it, the cost of rugby is minimal <laughs> You're not and, wrong. And, the, and the value is massive. Mm. So I, th- I think there are a lot of people that will sacrifice many, many more things before they would give up on rugby, which actually is a really cheap pursuit. Oh, my word. It's a really you. cheap pursuit. I knew this would get... I, I knew this would... Uh, this will get you. So, the story goes like this, which is, families are having to make a decision whether they feed themselves or they do sport. I thought, that's an odd way to put things. And the reason is because council budgets are getting cut and therefore leisure services have been affected. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. It doesn't cost you anything to go to Broughton Park. It doesn't cost you anything to go to Didsbury. And well, there, there might be um, subs, subs at the but the, the equally, there's there's a uh, m- most clubs uh, would say, "Come and have a chat with us." If there's any issue? Hundred percent. We, we have to think about the tour at the end of the season. It was, I mean, the tour is sixty five quid per person, which is really good value. You stay in for yeah. a couple of nights. It's great. A bus there, bus back, all the rest of it. Um, so it's really, it's really cheap. But nevertheless, they said, well, "Any issues? Come and chat to can us." Can you imagine a scenario in your under fifteens where a lad says to you, "I can't play this weekend. Why is that? I can't. I don't have boots." Like you wouldn't even ask. You can't afford boots. You just say, "Oh, I'll find you some boots." Yeah. You wouldn't even question it, right? No. I can't play this weekend. I've got no kit. Again, you would have kit. So the the thrust of the story is that parents are trying to decide: Do I buy kit for my kids? Do I buy boots for my kids? Can we uh, can we afford the match fees? And they tot up how much rugby costs or how much football costs, and then they talk about how councils can't supply leisure equipment. Think we don't want the councils anywhere near this. This is the last thing in the world we want. This is why clubs are run by members, and this is why members care more for their clubs than anyone does. Because if you went down to, I'll just pick a club. 
Aylesbury, for instance, who've had had a lot of good good press recently. There's no way that someone is not playing for that club because they can't afford it. Just not a thing. The clubs look after their members. It is the cheapest thing that you can do. And once you're in, you will be looked after. You'll probably be, you'll probably be fed, watered, clothed. Someone will probably even do your kit for you if you found the right found, found, found the right person. But it's just a classic BBC story where they're telling lies about you know what it is to do community do community sport. When it's all said and done. All that we'll have left is things like. Uh, community sport because when there's real choices to make these are things that don't go away that's why you want member ran clubs not council ran clubs but of course ca- member ran clubs are bad because ultimately they'll look after <laughs> their members the members are similar to them it, it doesn't um, serve a diverse community it might not have the range of teams that they want you know as soon as you start doing a deal with the de- deal with the council you're doing a deal with the devil I'd like to read the article but on the face of it it purely f- only from what you've said, um, yeah, I don't understand the con. I, I don't that that does I, and th- that's surprised me because that that journalist knows rugby and that that wouldn't that that wouldn't I would have thought be the take of anyone mm. who knows a rugby club. Yeah, well, it's a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful uh, article. Well, I'll, I'll read it before and reserve judgment. But um, for, for some, that means choosing between having. The heating on or feeding their family. For others, it has meant making savings in areas such, such as having to limit exercise classes for themselves or their children. What? Like, well, that, hold on. That's, uh, she hasn't mentioned rugby. Huh? She hasn't mentioned rugby clubs. No, but they mentioned sports clubs, right? Okay. BBC visited Mansfield School of Boxing and heard about the choices some families were being forced to make when it comes to balancing rising co- rising living costs. Uh, we also spoke to swimmers at Rye Leisure Centre in Sussex as their, as their pool closed last spring. Okay. I mean, I understand why you can't swim because your pool pool clo- closes, but the boxing club's still open. The rugby club's still open. Well, okay, okay. So but let, let's let's do a, a generous take on this and go, maybe, maybe actually the substantive point may well be accurate in the case of many sports, but let's just flip it around as a positive. If you find yourself in that position go to your local rugby club because yes exactly for the reasons you mentioned rugby will look after its members and no one will be left in that particular position mm. yeah it's absolutely shocking uh, let's just oh, I'm not going to read anymore <laughs> I'll send you the article it is it's unbelievable actually and with no games yeah, next week on that bombshell yeah Shall we finish it up? Yeah. Let's do any other business, anything. Uh, um, I'm watching, I've finally got round to uh, continuing. I watched season one ages ago, but I've now started watching Hand- Handmaid's Tale again. That's that's really good. Is it good? I've it's really good. It. It's really good. I've never seen it. Uh, but what's... Is, what, isn't, it, isn't that a documentary about our future? Well, this is this is exactly it. When you watch it, because I went back and watched, I, I had watched most of season one, and I went back and started it all again. And you watch it and you go, it's very different watching it now. Mm. than when I first started watching it a few years, a few years ago. Because you're like, oh my God, this is how it starts. This is how it, <laughs> uh, this is how it starts. The parallels, uh, although it obviously takes it into a very dystopian, different direction, the, the parallels are quite eerie at times. That's all I'll say. Yeah, It's based on a book, isn't it? Uh, yeah, by Margaret Atwood. Or mm. whatever. Yeah. No, um, I've not, but I've no, not read it or seen it. It's good. I might try and read the book. It's cool. Oh, he's so sophisticated. No, I'm not going to watch it. I'll read it. Um, <laughs> you know me, Tim. 
I feel that I do have things to say. I can't what it is. So it's not important. Uh, It'll come to you. We'll cover it next week. All right. Let the boys play. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 